everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode number 90. 90. On Monday the 2nd of August 2010. My name is Stephen Layton and I know this because... I wish all my clothes had their name on it. It would make this opening so much easier. I could do that every week. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for the feedback from last week's experiment. Um, as you can see, I'm carrying it on for now. I'm not saying it's staying forever, but... One thing it showed me last week is how much easier it is to edit and how much more the words kind of came across. So perhaps while I'm doing these kind of lesson education style ones, um, I see me doing a bit more of these for now. So I hope you get used to it and I hope it kind of starts to feel good. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I kind of, it, it takes away a lot of the you know, stuff out the back, uh, the, the kind of things that can distract. Um, from, from last week's uh, In My Mug, we did about the leaf rust, and I've written a blog post up, so, um, you know, go and have a look at that post. I'm going to pop a link up now, and um, I just think it's been really interesting. Um, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's, been, it's been fun to kind of do a bit of education. Um, this week, we're going to do a little bit more. It's going to be the kind of fundamentals today, not something so kind of abstract as leaf rust but a little bit of uh, the, the kind of the basics of coffee. Um, if you know it, we've talked about it before, and if you know it, I'm sorry, but it's such an important part that I think it's, it's good that we kind of go over it again. So, let's dive into the comments. Back to the great amount of comments as there was for last week as well. Um, so thank you very, very much. Um, so, uh, Marcus said, hey Steve, Turn around. While you're giving us a lesson in coffee, somebody's stolen the roastery. <laughs> yeah, um, I can make it come back, look. Do you know if I can't? And I'm, I'm saying that now, and if I can't do it in the edit, I'm gonna look really silly. <laughs> now, thank you very much, Marcus. Um, and Tepe were awesome, surprisingly. I, I never expected them to be, but they were. Uh, Emil, really like your new devotion to teaching and taking the uh, and talking pictures on the side. Yeah, uh, see, this has been very much the kind of theme of things that I've had on the whole. Uh, Jay Fisher, yeah, love the coffee, enjoyed the lessons too. Although missed the snozzer in the bowl and the bean shots, forgot them. Gonna try and do them this week. I actually, from last week's, I actually have the bowl still, and I never did it. I can't believe it. So I'm rubbish. Um, okay. Uh... Mark said, this, this is one coffee where I wish I had a set of scales and a grinder at work. <laughs> uh, I was able to smell the apple um, on opening up the bag, which is fantastic. Uh, I got the coffee wrong for the French press and got a jumble of flavours. It's a difficult one. I, one thing I found, it's a difficult one for sure. Um, not 100% sold on the all-white backdrop, but did like the images you used to help understand the coffee. Okay, it's going to come with time. I'm going to get better at it as well, I hope, so I can make more images and things come up. Uh, Richard Arblaster, who, whose padded cell are you filming from? Yours. Dan Latcher said, uh, oh, where do we get the red t-shirt from as it's not in the store? Do you know that somebody else is selling that? And I, I, I'm going to look into getting that on. I think we have to. I think we have to. Um, Richard said, mad as a box of frogs, brilliant format, really like the education side. I have difficulty describing the coffees, but it's an interesting to listen to somebody who does. Um, from, uh, somebody who doesn't have problems describing them. So that, that's cool, Richard. Um, do you know, mad as a box of frogs has been said a few times about me. I'm starting to worry about that one. Um, Colin, a little sharp as a straight espresso, but found grinding a little coarser and going for a shorter extraction with a little bit of milk, it came divine. And I... For me, it's one of the best cappuccinos I've had this year, that Colombian. 
Um, David Walsh, big coffee, chewy, heavy chocolate, um, nuts, woody, resinous. As it cools, you get a little bit of that apple, but he didn't get it when it was hot. Um, kind of a comfort food coffee. That's a good descriptor. Um, Sam, Sam Kinsley said, nice video, Steve. Always a pleasure to hear your thoughts. I like Sam already, don't you? I think he's a nice man. Uh, I think you may have chopped your feet off slightly in the framing. Do you know what? I made a mistake today and I've worn white shoes. I may lose my feet completely today. Um, so <laughs> uh, not sure what you think, uh, what, what to think about the blinding white background. Maybe you could chrome your key yourself into a different backdrop. You mean, what you mean like this one? If I can't do it, I'm gonna look so silly. Um, I'm putting great faith in my editing abilities here. Anyway, great flavour descriptors. I tried it both Capitier and as an espresso, and while I didn't get much apple in the former, I got I had a couple of shots that gave me the green apple taste. And it was one for me that was just full of green apple. It was really, really distinctive. And um, from what was a difficult coffee to describe, the green apple was the most obvious. Um, I've had a couple of shots that gave uh, Oh, sorry, I've said that already. Repeating myself. Um, got some of the nuttiness and a bit of the chocolate. I like the mayfield. Was worried it might be a little bit thin as a shot, but satisfyingly chewy. And that was the interesting part of this coffee, that yes, the acidity was there, but it still had some body. Um, so I think that was a really interesting point. Comments are great this week. Love them. Love them, love them, love them. Right, um, I am going to whap you on pause. Um, more for the fact of I need to go and uh, compose my thoughts. Again, I'm not going to do the coffee straight away, um, I, but I need to go and get... Something that I've forgot. I'm badly prepared. But listen, I shall be back in just a moment. So I'm back. Um, I actually forgot to turn on the Uber boiler. So this is a look back into the coffee that we've had for a while now. Um, in fact, both of them a while, because this is actually we're going to be looking at two. You may remember a little while back, I can't remember which episode now, but we did the Canary varietal of this coffee. And now we're going to look at the Ikea ones, um, which are... Uh, from Brazil. The coffee is called Brazil Fazenda Inglaterra and is from the varietal uh, which is called Acaia. That's what he said. Subscri the subscribers will kind of remember that um, we did this one last year, but we haven't done it this year. So we're going to be getting two packs. You're going to get in one pack of the natural processed coffee and one of the pulp natural coffee. So, what's this week's lesson? It's going to be on processing. I so hope I can edit that in as well. So, what we're going to talk about is natural processing, first of all. Natural processing is where the coffee gets picked from the tree, bush, plant. I'm never quite sure what to call it. I'm sure there is a, a thing, but I call them all three, but coffee, tree, plant, bush. Um, and then the cherry is taken um, and placed either on the ground on some tarpaulin, uh, or sometimes just on patios, uh, other times on raised beds, uh, and placed on there in a very thin layer um, and turned regularly to prevent it getting mouldy. Um, the coffee is then stored uh, until it's ready to be exported and then it's hulled, milled, and packaged ready to go. Um, natural, natural processing is incredibly popular in places like Brazil, Indonesia uh, and Ethiopia. Um, but it's seen in all places where they have the weather, which basically means you need a lack of rain. And with a lack of rain tends to become a shortness of water, so they're unable to do the other processing methods. Um, so that's pretty much the natural processing tied up. Uh, the next one, and I'm going to jump the order a little bit here, and I'm going to jump the order to talk about washed coffee. Um, 
uh, and this is not one that we're going to be trying today because we, we haven't got, uh, at the moment, we haven't got a washed natural and pulp natural uh, selection. But this one uh, is washed coffee, and it, what happens is cherries are still picked in exactly the same way, but then immediately after picking, the cherries are depulped uh, and the cherry is removed. Um, and then basically, there's two ways uh, of um, removing that mucilage. So the, the first way is where uh, it's fermented in water. Uh, so it's soaked, immersed in water for 8 to 20 hours uh, and removes that way. Um, it's, it's a very dangerous way of remo removing the mucilage, but when you get it right, it can be incredibly rewarding uh, and can bring out a lot of the very clean tastes uh, in the coffee. The second way is a mechanical kind of uh, removing of that mucilage where the coffee is run through the pulper and you still has the mucilage on and then it's ran through like a bypass uh, or, or a mechanical scrubber which removes the mucilage off there. Um, very similar to the way that I found out in Machikamaka, they were washing their coffee. Um, it doesn't remove all of it, uh, and it's, it, but it's a much, much safer way of removing that mucilage uh, from the coffee bean. Um, then it is putting it in the fermentation um, but it shares a lot in common that way with the next process we're going to talk about because because of the, it still has some of that mucilage on. Uh, washed coffees you tend to find a lot in Central America so Guatemala, El Salvador, um, a lot in Kenya uh, that have a very famous tradition for uh, fermenting in the water process to give you that very clean cup and, and, and their kind of signature if you like. The final method, uh, which is one that we are going to try today, um, is a pulp natural process and it's kind of like an in-between the processing method of natural and the processing method of washing where the, it's run through the immersion uh, in water. So the cherry is removed, um, but the seed bean is then put straight onto either tarpaulin or uh, raised tables or patios. Not so much patios because it's quite sticky, but it, it has happened and it tends to produce not such a great cup. But here we tend to find that it gives a much sweeter cup, um, which of course is a very big generalisation, but just experience shows me pulp naturals tend to be very sweet. And he's really at home with some of the big Brazil coffees. Um, I, I think back to some of my favourite pulp natural coffees, and they tend to be from the Minas Gerais area, um, which is just like the one that we're going to try today. Um, so yeah, really excited about being, trying these together. Um, Back to the coffee, the varietal is Achaia, as I've already said, which is related to the Munda Novu varietal and Bourbon, and is a Sumatran Typica and Bourbon hybrid, um, which was created, spliced, sliced in Brazil, uh, and, and as far as I'm aware, has only been found in Brazil. Um, the fruit of the plant is predominantly red, uh, it produces very large cherries, um, and it's quite a rare varietal. I've seen it probably four or five times in Cup of Excellence, but I've never seen it in a general offering apart from the Inglaterra. Um, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. It doesn't have a high yield, um, it's fairly open to pests uh, and disease, similar to what we talked about last time, but um, yeah, it's, it, it produces a very tasty cup. Um, really shocked this week when I noticed that we hadn't done this one. Um, really, really quite, quite surprised me because it is a really big coffee for us. The natural, uh, we bought 25 out of the 26 bags produced this year. And the pulp natural, we bought around about half of the crop. Um, and the canaria, we bought all of. So we bought, we bought the majority of this farm's crop for the past three years. It's become a very big staple of ours and become a huge fam favourite with, uh, with you guys and a fairly famous coffee. 
Um, farm is based in Minas Gerais, which is just outside Pocas de Caldos, which, uh, in fact, if you say the towns here, you have Inglaterra here, and you have Cachoeira just outside in San Paulo State here, and the towns in the middle. Uh, very close, probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes by car. Um, and uh, a farm that I visited in November last year when I was in Brazil. Um, used to be called Toca de Onca, uh, but since Stephen bought it, who's my very good friend and uh, importer, um, he, the locals started to be called Inglaterra, and it's kind of just stuck, and now it's started to be changed on maps um, and, and, and all of those things. Um, so yeah, I think that's really wicked that a nickname has stuck to it. Uh, one of my favourite stories about this coffee was when Stephen first bought the farm, Gabrielle, who owns Cachoeira, um, said to him, there was a time where every farm had a fool. Now every fool has a farm. <laughs> and every time I, I think of that, I can, I can just see Gabrielle's deadpan face saying it, saying it, it would just be hilarious. Um, so a few numbers for you. Uh, altitude is between 950 metres and 1300. It is an incredibly steep hill. Um, I, I've got a little bit of a video that I'll show, uh, which is, uh, it shows you looking down from the top of the farm to where the drying patios are. You can see this like really big valley and a big drop. Um, it's in a big volca volcanic kind of crater thing. And I've shown this photo before in the Inglaterra. I'll try and show it again now where you can see. Um, uh, but yeah, it's... It, it, it's a beautiful farm, it's in a beautiful location, um, and it produces beautiful coffee. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to whap you on pause again, I'm going to go and brew up the coffee, and uh, I shall be back in just a moment. Every morning when I wake up all I think about is A cup of liquid motivation just to get me started As I stumble through the kitchen and I'm reaching for it I see the pot is cold and empty and I'm broken hearted Okay, so I'm back, back in familiar surroundings. Um, I've brewed up the coffees, as you've seen, um, and yeah, let's dive in. First of all, time for snozzer in the bowl. So, this is the pulp natural, yeah, the pulp natural, which smells sweet, chocolate, very clean. Little bits of acidity kind of coming through. You can't really pick out what they are, but definitely there. So that's cool. Um, Snozzer in the bowl for the natural. It smells very different. Now, if you're a subscriber and you've got these two packs, even if you're not tasting them together, smell them together. You'll smell the difference. This is same varietal, same farm, same plot, different processing method, different cup. So, 
You can smell the funk. You can smell the kind of the ripe fruits. You can smell plum. You can smell the kind of the sultanery. Just the, the funk. The funk. So, this week's mug. I don't know if you can see that. It's a Newcastle United mug. Andrew Mogg, who is a very kind commenter, or very kind supporter of Has Been, but unfortunately a supporter of Newcastle United, has sent me a mug. Hence me having to put the Sunderland shirt on today, hence me having to balance it out with my own Sunderland mug. Um, now listen Andy, thank you very much. I know this is a little bit of a joke, a little bit of a gag, and Andy's great. Uh, we quite often on Twitter will be bantering backwards and forwards about uh, Sunderland and Newcastle, so yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm a bit worried about it though, because I mean, one, I don't know if it's going to be a very good cup, because it's so long since Newcastle have won a cup, that it, they surely they can't remember what they're like. Um, I'm quite worried that it's going to make everything just taste bitter and twisted, as the, 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 the Geordie army are, and... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop the gags. Time to dive into some coffee. Okay, so this is the pulp natural. And straight away, it's sweet. You get lots of that chocolate coming through. It's very smooth. Very clean. It's, it's really good. Yeah. On the back end, you get this cherry. Um, and it is a, like a big cherry acidity. It, it's gorgeous. I mean, it really is... One of my favourite coffees of all time. I love Inglaterra. Um, I think it's because we've been involved since it started producing. I think that we've sold more, you know, we well, we know we've definitely sold more of it than anybody else. Um, so it's really cool that, you know, we have that relationship there. Now for the Sunderland Cup, which, you know, is a lot newer than the, the Newcastle one because we had a cup sooner. And this is just going to taste it, make everything taste wonderful. Now, you've seen, I'm going to show, I don't know if I've shown you the rose colours, but if I haven't, I'm going to show you them again now. Um, you see, the rose colours aren't that massively different, but the cup is massively different. You get that chewy sultanas, it is just full of dried fruits. It's plummy, you get that lovely mouthfeel, but there's still a little bit of that chocolate sweetness going on in there. There's still that natural kind of sweetness. This isn't funk, out the park, silly funk. This is kind of... Interesting, but still a very, very sensible cup of coffee that you could give to somebody that wasn't used to this kind of coffee, that didn't like naturals, and would still go, that's really nice. It's not a over-fermented, show-off uh, natural coffee. But it is amazing. It is amazing. I'm just going to snozzer in the bowl as well. It's a little bit wrong way round because I know what I'm tasting now, but you do. there is a big difference between the two. And I hope that you find that at home too. Listen, I'm not going to offer a voucher code this week, but what I am going to do is going to pop a link below, and this is to a special double pack, um, and we're going to offer it at a really special price for everybody, so no voucher necessary, um, just as a chance to try the two side by side, uh, and I really hope that you do do that if you're not a subscriber, because they are amazing coffees. They are running out, even though we're halfway through the year with them, there's just not enough of them to go around. So they are probably got another five, six weeks and then they will be gone. So don't leave it too late to try them. Um, 
yeah, I think that's pretty much it. This has been a very long one. Thank you very much for persevering with me. And do remember, life is too short for bad mugs with Newcastle on them. <laughs>